Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. Uh, there are principles of seed time, and there are principles of harvest. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting. Today we're going to look at daring to plant in faith, specifically looking at some of God's principles of planting and harvesting, of sowing and reaping. And we're going to look at eight of those today. Uh, they're on your note sheet. If you take notes, please grab that out. And, and the truth is, if we ignore these principles, it will hurt us in our life. And if we wisely use them, then, then productive things will happen in our life. It's, it's just true. And these things can be used in every area of our lives. It's just not one specific area. We can use them with our physical health, right? What we sow or what we eat, um, we will reap. We can use them in our finances, in our careers, our relationships, in our parenting. They also, they also apply to us as a church. What, what we plant now, we will harvest later. Uh, the point that I want to make before I get into these principles is this. It seems that whatever we need more of in our life, that we need to plant that in faith. Uh, for instance, if you feel like you need more appreciation in your life, uh, a good way to pursue that is to begin to appreciate other people. Begin to plant the seeds of appreciation in other people. Uh, if you feel like you need more talent, uh, what talent do you have now, and are you cultivating that talent? Because I think God then increases our talent. He will grow that if we begin to use it. Uh, if you need more time, more money, more energy, whatever you feel you need more of, um, we need to learn these principles of planting and harvesting or sowing and reaping. And we need to plant what we need. Uh, we need to plant what we hope will be Produced. So eight principles of planting in faith. Here's number one. Everything starts as a seed. Everything starts as a seed. That's the first principle of the harvest. Every idea started as a seed. Every dream started as a seed. Um, our nation started as a seed. A few people decided that, uh, um, that, that they wanted to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And so they came over here and they, they planted that. Your life started as a a seed. When your father's seed connected with your mother's egg, you, your life began. This church started as a seed, and we talked about that last week. Uh, every living thing on planet Earth comes from a seed, so everything starts as a seed. Genesis 1.11 uh, says this, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit from seed, uh, that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. Some, you know the chicken, uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg uh, debate? Well, it's easy. The chicken came first, right? God created it, just like we can kind of, I think we could apply that here. God says, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants. He, he created the plants, and then they started bearing seeds and reproducing. That's, I think he did that with the animals, too. Um, well, he had to actually do that with the animals, right? Um, and a seed in the Bible is often used to represent something else. A seed, a seed is anything. Write this down. A seed is anything valuable that I give away. 
We plant that seed. Anything valuable that I give, when you give away praise, there's value in that. When, when you give away good advice, there's value in that. When you give away your time, there's value. When you give away your money, when you serve someone, um, there's value in that. When you love someone, there's great value to that. A seed is anything that I give away in order to help somebody else. So it all starts as a seed. It could be time, money, appreciation, wisdom, energy, whatever. By the way, I want to also mention that our words can also be seeds. The things that we say. Uh, and, and they can grow, and, and they do grow. And they bear either fruit or they bear weeds, depending on which version of words we use. Right? If we use positive words... We can use negative words in a positive way, I suppose, but uh, you get my gist. Words are seeds, no matter who they are spoken to. So, in reference to point number one, let me ask you this. What kind of seeds are you planting in your life? What kind of seeds are you planting in your relationships? Are you planting seeds of trust, or are you planting seeds of distrust? Are you planting seeds of kindness and patience, or seeds of crankiness, anger, and bitterness? Are you planting seeds that produce fruit, or are you planting seeds that produce weeds? We will reap whatever we sow, and everything starts as a seed. Number two, the second principle is this. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. Seeds don't do any good if they remain in the packet. Uh, my neighbor, Roy, grows this beautiful garden. Uh, and it grows out over the sidewalk, and it looks to grow into the street. Um, but I, I'm not sure about his, his, his growing procedures, because I got this, car, uh, this packet of seeds from him. It's carrots, and they're not growing. They're not sprouting. Why? Because they're still in the packet, right? They have to be planted to do anybody any good. And it's just like the seeds that, that we are given in our life. If we don't plant them, all we have is a useless packet of seeds. I mean, especially carrot seeds. I was kind of hoping, I, I asked Roy for, for these because I, I don't remember the last time I actually planted a seed in the ground. Um, unlike my brother, Dennis, who is, he's all about growing a garden. Um, I was hoping you were going to bring me bean seeds because I was going to call them chili seeds, right? The right kind of beans, not green beans. Uh, Jesus used this principle to explain why he came to die, in fact. And, and it's interesting that he uses, he actually uses a seed, a plant that we are very familiar with. John 12, 24, Jesus says this, unless a kernel of wheat, that's a seed, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That's, he's talking about hard red winter wheat right there. You know, if, if hard red winter wheat isn't planted in the fall and sprout and then dies, it's frozen, it will not produce a head of grain. But if it does... It produces fruit, which is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, imagine that a farmer buys a, a big sack of seed corn, and he sticks it in his uh, barn, and then he's afraid to do anything with it. You know, maybe he thinks to himself, well, that's, I'm, I'm afraid there isn't enough there to, to plant, so I'm just not going to do anything. Well, what would we say to that? 
Which, that's kind of foolish, right? Especially the price of seed corn these days. You, know, you would not buy seed corn and put it in your barn and not plant it. Because it doesn't do you any good if you don't. Seeds are meant to be planted. They're meant to be given away. And every act of planting is in fact an act, act of faith, isn't it? Um, we're saying, I believe that something great is going to happen. I'm going I'm to plant this seed in the ground, or I'm going to plant this seed in this person's life, or I'm going to do this kind of thing. And my hope is, my prayer is, that, that it's going to grow, that it's going to produce some fruit. Planting is risky. The seed's covered up, it's buried, and then we wonder, is it going to grow? In fact, back when I was farming, uh, planted a field of corn and a field of beans, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting, right, for it to grow. It's been, it's been fertilized, it's been planted, it's being watered, and I would go out there at least once a day, pull my pliers out, dig in the soil down there and find that little bitty seed to see if it was sprouted yet. There's risk involved. You know, the, the ground could crust over and those little bean seeds, you know, it's amazing how strong they are, but, but sometimes they, they can't poke through the crust and we have to help them a little bit. But, but there is a risk. What if it fails? What if the seed that I give away, nothing happens? You know, because that's my hope, right? Planting is always an act of faith. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 that the kingdom of God is like someone who plants seeds in the ground. Night and day, whether the person is asleep or awake, the seed still grows, but the person does not know how it grows. There's faith involved in casting out seeds. Last week, uh, last week we put ourselves on the map. And if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you, after church, come up here to the front, find a, a pin in the container there, and, and mark where you live on the map. There's breakouts of some of the towns, uh, and if you're out in the country, you can find what, what road you live on. But uh, uh, we, we, we put ourselves on the map, and then for the next 35 minutes, we talked about dreaming and imagining how we, being planted where we are, that's kind of a new concept this morning, though, uh, being planted where we are, how can we then begin to produce fruit? How can we then begin to cast seeds and plant things in the lives of people around us so that we as a church might reach our fair share of the population of Goshen County? And, and I want to encourage you to continue to dream, to, to ask God to give, you, to give you dreams, to give you visions of, of, what, uh, of how our church could maybe do some things differently or, or do some things better or whatever. We, I just really feel like we're, we're after 40 years of existing as a church that, that we need to seek God for the next 365 days and ask him, God, is there, is there something new you want us to do? Is there there's something different that you want us to participate in? And, and I want to ask you to help us do that. And I think, I believe that as we begin to, to put things on paper, and, I, and I'm, getting, I'm getting ideas from folks in the, in the form of text messages and emails, and it's great, we're going to compile, begin compiling a list of ideas and thoughts and begin praying through those. But, but those are essentially seeds. And right now they're in the packet. And one day we'll start planting those and trusting God in faith to bear fruit. Because if they just remain in a package, it's just a great package of 
daring faith seeds. Number three, when I have a need, I should plant a seed. When I have a need, I should plant a seed. When a farmer looks out on his barren field and he sees no crops in his field, he doesn't gripe, he doesn't complain, although that sometimes happens, depending on if it's raining and he wants it to be dry, or you know what you call a bunch of farmers in the basement, right? A wine cellar. <laughs> now, to be fair, I mean, it's risky business being a farmer. Um, and, and truthfully, you know, they say make hay while you can, and that's what some guys are doing today. They're not sitting in here because... Um, you know, who knows when that next snowstorm is going to blow through. And, uh, I mean, did any of you notice that, that those cut beans out here west of town that just sat there and sat there and sat? Every time I drove by them, I thought, man, he's got to get those in. He's got to get those in. They are now. finally did. I don't know whose they are. Um, but they got snowed on. And, and so there's, 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 uh, there's risk. There's risk in that. But when I have a need, I need to plant a seed. Um, in fact, when I was a farmer, I mean, I, I didn't, the field was there, it was the, the right time of year, I farmed it, I planted it, I don't remember sitting at the end of the field praying and asking God if I should plant it or not. Um, I, I think there are times when we just need to plant and stop praying, okay? I don't want to say stop praying, Okay? I think there are times when we should plant instead of pray. I think sometimes we continue praying so that we don't have to take a step of faith. If I just keep praying about this, um, you know, God will eventually tell me. I, I, I heard students uh, that were getting ready to go into a test, right? You college kids or high school kids. You know, you, you sit down maybe at your desk before you uh, get ready to take the test. and It's like, Lord, please give me all the answers to this test. Please help me pass this test. And I can hear God saying, well, did you study for that test? No, God, I just want you to give me all the answers to this test. See, maybe you should have, you should have prepared so that when you did pray, your prayer instead was, God, would you please help me to recall the things that I studied? Reduce this anxiety in me so that, I can, so that I can take this test. You know, a farmer doesn't go out to his barren field and go, okay, God, grow it. And then God says, but did you plant anything? No, no, I'm just trusting you to grow it. Well, that doesn't make sense, right? Uh, so, I, I mean, I wish it worked that way, right? Because there goes the seed corn bill. You don't have to pay that. God's just going to grow your corn. Um, praying is important, but sometimes our next step is to act, to take a step of faith. To plant a seed. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6 says, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. In other words, plant all the time. Plant all the time, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally, equally well. Diversify, God is saying. Diversify. You should be planting good seeds all the time with your life because you never know when they're going to be growing. Now, let me be honest with you here this morning. I mean, um, some of you think that you're waiting on God, but the truth is, he's waiting on you. 
He's, some of you think that you're waiting on God for a job or a spouse or a friend or financial stability, but maybe God is sitting there going, you know what, take a step. Make a decision. Say yes to that job or, or say, say yes to that move or, or whatever. Go all in. Maybe, maybe your prayer needs to be, God, are you waiting on me? Are you waiting for me? Because I understand sometimes it's difficult. We, we wonder if we're being impatient, if we take a step or we act too soon. We just started praying, and that, that can be part of it too. Um, but maybe God is waiting on you to start planting seeds, to make that phone call, to write that letter, to fill out that application, to enroll in Financial Peace University, or to start exercising, whatever it might be. Let's get out there and let's plant. Let's give the seeds away. Number four, I reap what I plant. I reap what I plant. This is the principle of reproduction. If you plant beans, what do you get? Watermelon? No. If you, if you plant cucumbers, do you get zucchini? Sometimes it seems like that, doesn't it? That stuff grows all the time everywhere. But, but no, if you plant cucumbers, you get cucumbers. In life, we get what we plant. And, and this is an unbreakable, indisputable rule of the universe, and it can either work for us or against us. Whatever we plant, that is, it's, something different is not going to grow. It doesn't work that way. Remember that phrase from Genesis chapter 1, according to their various kinds, God planted them right? That, that phrase says that we always reap the same thing that we sow. Genesis 6-7, uh, or Galatians 6-7. Let's actually read this aloud. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Again, it works both ways. It can work for us. It can work against us. Whatever we dish out, Whatever we plant, that's what's going to grow. And the Bible, the Bible talks about this a lot. Let me just show you some negative examples. Job chapter 4, verse 8 says this, As I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble, reap it. If that's what you plant, that's what you are going to reap. Proverbs eleven eighteen: A wicked person earns deceptive wages. Another, another translation says it this way, bad work gets paid with a bad check. Proverbs 22.8 says, those who plant injustice will harvest disaster. Hosea 10.13, but you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil. What we plant, we sow. And if we plant evil, negative troublesome stuff, that is exactly what's going to happen. When we sow bad seed, we get weeds. Here's some positive examples. Proverbs eleven eighteen: the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Hosea 10, 12, sow righteousness, which is the, the end of that other Hosea. It's before that. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. That unfailing love, that's God's love. Sow righteousness. James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. 
Are you getting the idea that this isn't some just sort of minor, minor cursory idea in the Bible that, that, that planting and harvesting, reaping and sowing is, is a big deal to God? We will reap what we sow with our children, with our spouse, with our families, with our friends, with our business, in our spiritual life. If we sow anger with our kids, we are likely to end up with angry kids. If we sow patience with our children, it's more likely than not that we're going to end up with patient kids. If North Hills sows generosity in our community, what will that produce? Generous people. We will reap what we sow. We cannot sow irresponsibility and reap success. It's not going to happen. We cannot sow laziness and reap reward. We cannot sow stinginess and reap generosity. The Bible is full of examples of this, both negative and positive. Jacob, his name means deceiver. It meant he was going to cheat people, and he did. Jacob cheated his brother, and he cheated his dad, so you know what happened? He lived most of his life alienated from his family. He reaped what he sowed. Haman. Haman was a man who sowed resentment. He built a set of gallows to kill a man by the name of Mordecai. And what ended up happening in the end? He was hung on his own gallows. We reap what we sow. This happens all the time. Galatians 6, 7, and 8, and I love this in the message. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, and ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. That's all they'll have to show for their lives. But, and here's the good news, those who plant in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in them, harvest a crop of real life eternal life. You're going to harvest whatever you plant. A fifth principle of sowing and reaping. I always reap more than I plant. I always reap more than I plant. Again, this can work for us. It can work against us. It's the principle of multiplication. A few, summers of, a, a few summers ago, like I said, my brother Dennis uh, has always had a green thumb. He's always planted a garden, and he always shows pictures of his amazing garden on Facebook in his backyard in Fort Collins. And one year, he had a bumper crop of cucumbers. So he put all of his cucumbers in this box, and he put them out on the front uh, of his driveway, and he put a sign on that, that said, Free Cucumbers. And he was out in his yard, and these three little girls, I don't know how old they were, but they came by and they said, can we have them all? And my brother Dennis said, sure, if you promise me you won't throw them at each other. And they agreed, and, uh, and they took all of his cucumbers. And a few hours later, when he drove out of his neighborhood, he saw these same three girls with the same box of cucumbers on the street with a sign that said, Cucumbers 50 cents. <laughs> they were going to reap way more than they sowed. I hope they sold them all. 
In the parable of the soils, Jesus says it this way in Mark chapter 4, verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Again, this, is, this can work for us. It can work against us. If you plant gossip, you're likely to, you're likely to get a lot more gossip out there about yourself. If you plant criticism, you're likely to get a lot more criticism about you. And there is an exponential potential in the seeds that we plant. There's an old proverb, and I I wonder if Pastor Dick knows this proverb. It says this, anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. You ever heard that? I love that. Anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. That's so true. That's true of the seeds that we plant with our life. We will always reap more than we sow. Number six, I reap what others plant. I reap what others plant. We're not, we're not the only planters in the universe. You are not the only one planting seeds in and around your life. Other people are planting seeds as well. Sometimes we reap both good and bad from those that went before us. Some of you grew up, sadly, and I'm sorry for this, in families where there was abuse. And maybe it was generational abuse. Maybe physical, maybe uh, substance. Maybe there's a history of divorce or a history of ignoring and even rejecting the very idea of God. And you have to decide. You have to decide, is this going to continue or is it going to stop with me? I can't control the past, but I'm going to break the chain of negativity now, for instance. The chain of alcoholism stops with me. I mean, we're, we're, we're both... Uh, we are harvesting both good and bad from our past because we're not the only ones planting seeds. And I think we need to remember that. And by the way, our lives every day are going to affect future generations. The decisions that we make today, the the habits that we have today, the things that we value today will affect future generations. So we need to take it very seriously. And when we surrender our life to God who takes those seeds, even the bad ones in our life, and can change them, and can then begin to produce fruit in our life. I told you that we were going to hear from Daryl this morning. Um, Daryl Taylor is going to come up and share his testimony with us this morning. And I think this is a good example of, of someone who, who was originally influenced by some negative seeds in his life, but at some point God got a hold of him. And, and now, with I think with this book cart that he's doing, and this ministry in the jails is... is is planting seeds. He's planting seeds. Daryl, come up here and uh, share with us what God's done in your life.
1993, I had a loss of mine, and we now have two sons. I told myself when they were born that I would be a better husband and father than I had as I grew up. I've been better in some ways, but worse in others. Our family was doing well. My wife had a good job. My kids were doing well in school, and I had a good job, yet that hole was still there. Then I found out that hole had a bottom, and I hit it hard. I lost my job and couldn't find another one. I felt worthless and useless to my wife and kids. There were times when I wished I was dead. Am I certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished, on the day when Christ Jesus returns? In August of 2012, I drove by a church. There was a sign out front that read, Free Fresh Fruits and Vegetables. I stopped for food and found more than just nourishment for my body. I met an awesome man of God who nourished my soul. For the first time in my life, someone listened to me and didn't use what was said to hurt me. He helped me to feed my family, so out of obligation, I started going to church. On the third Sunday I went, a lady came up and welcomed me by name. At that moment, I felt like God was telling me, welcome home. After attending the church for a month, I recognized that there was a way to be delivered from the darkness. Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. God is in sovereignty. He used my black hole to lead me to trust for forgiveness and for my sins and receive eternal life. God put me in a great church that works to fulfill the great commission to make disciples of the world. Not long after he saved me, he sent me back to one of the jails I'd been in over 20 years before. Five years later, I still serve in a jail as a volunteer. I get to sh share what he has done in my life and is still doing in it. I now write Bible studies to give away. And when I go, sometimes I get to share God's word with a small group of men at the jail. 
God saved me. I almost died by worldly standards. I was dead to him in my sin, but he never gave up on me. I'm so blessed because he started me off in a Bible teaching church. When I moved here, he put me in another Bible teaching church. He has opened so many doors for me here. I serve at a couple of jails. I belong to a great church and am part of a life group of God-fearing men. I believe I even started a small group of my own. I have a church to be part of, and that has opened doors for me to serve in. He is teaching me to be a husband to my wife and a father to my sons. I can do everything through Christ who gave me strength. My wife of over 20 years should have ran during our first year of marriage. However, she observed me working as hard as I could to be a good husband and father. My sons have grown up to be wonderful young men. Our oldest son works in Scott's Bluff and lives on his own. Our youngest son is in the U.S. Navy studying nuclear engineering. The many things that were once a big hole in me are now a testimony to how awesome our God is. The black hole now has Jesus' light in it. I know that things which the devil meant for evil, God uses for good. I believe God is using my past to minister to others. He continues to fill the hole with new light, love, mercy, and grace. Before I knew how much God loved me, it was all about how I could make it through the day, what I needed to feel good, or what I could take to feel good. If that didn't work, I would do my best to make you feel worse than I did. That was for two reasons. You couldn't get close and you couldn't hurt me. Even in the family I had, things had to be done in a certain way. But that didn't make me happy for long, because when they thought they knew what would make me happy, I would change the rules of the game. Because hurt people hurt people. Hmm. That was me and how I got through most days. I didn't know what it meant to be part of a family or what a father's love really meant. Now I have a father and a family who loves me and is proud that I am part of his family. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. He has taken me into his family and I am his son and he loves me. This was a hard thing to understand. My heavenly father telling he loved me. The old person was looking to see what he wanted from me in return. But as God filled in all those dark places with his love, I soon came to understand that his light can't be hidden in the darkness. In him was life. That life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now I know what he wants from me. He wants me just as I am. Yes, just as broken as I am, he will pick up all the pieces. And he loves me. I'm learning what it means to have a father and to be a son. That has helped me to become a husband and a wa- husband to my wife and a father to my son. I'm also learning to be part of a family. For the first time in my life, I'm learning to be a friend to those around me. Before, it was more about me. Now it's about how I can be a humble servant. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) He went to get some vegetables because somebody had planted a seed and God planted a seed in him. And he didn't save Daryl just to save Daryl. 
He saved Daryl then to start planting seeds so that others could be saved as well. Where are you this morning? You know, do, do you have a packet of seeds that's just waiting to be busted out of the cupboard, but you're just afraid or it's too much risk and you, you don't want to, to get it out? Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. What kind of legacy are you leaving? Are you leaving a legacy of generosity and sacrifice or stinginess and selfishness? Are you leaving a legacy of faith or are you leaving a legacy of fear and doubt? Because I believe that, that at some point in our life, we make a decision what sort of legacy we're going to leave. And maybe this morning has been a wake-up call for you, and you can see that you've been, that you've been uh, planting negative seeds, and maybe you need to stop planting those negative seeds and begin to carry on and plant positive ones as well. We reap we can also reap what others plant. And number seven, I plant by faith, not by my feelings. You know, people often aren't generous because they don't feel like being generous. So they go by their feelings. No, you can't plant by feelings. You have to plant by faith. Do you think a farmer feels like working every day? On the farm I grew up on, I would often, we would often bale hay in the middle of the night. If farmers only worked when they felt like it, there wouldn't be a whole lot of farming going on. We don't always go by our feelings. We go by our faith. I, I want to make a little confession here this morning. and I, good, Confession is good for the soul, right? Uh, I want to confess to you this morning that I don't always feel like being nice to people. You know, I don't. Um... I hate to admit that, and I hope that you don't think less of me for having shared that, but sometimes, you know what, I just want to be cranky. You know, there are times, um, honestly yesterday being one of those, where I just wanted to pull up in the basement and be by myself. I didn't want to spend it with anybody else. Um, I, I didn't really want to be around people. Sometimes I just want to say, leave me alone. I don't always feel like being kind to people. I don't always feel like being generous. I don't always feel like giving people hope. I don't always feel like speaking. But I also don't base my life on feelings. Um, I happen to live by faith as best as I can, and sometimes I plant when I'm tired. Sometimes I plant when I'm distracted. Sometimes I plant when I don't feel like it. Sometimes I plant when I'm stressed and, and I move ahead in faith in spite of my feelings and not only hope that God will, will work and move, but expect him to act because really it's in those times that I know that there's no possible way I can take any kind of credit. You know, sometimes God is going to call us to make a sacrifice. It might be time, it might be money, uh, it might be our talent. It may even be our life. And, and some of those times when he calls us to those things, we're going to want to sit in the comfortable chair with our feet up and say, nope, I'm exactly where I want to be. And we just wait until that feeling goes away. Sometimes we need to plant despite how we're feeling. Let's plant by faith 
not by our feelings. You know, that's true in our marriages as well. If we only stayed married uh, when we felt like we loved the other person, right? None of us in this room would be married if we were really honest with ourselves. Um, there's times where, I don't, where my wife doesn't feel like she loves me and I don't feel like I love her. But we're committed to each other. And, and it's that commitment and that faith that God's going to produce what he wants to produce in our marriage and in our relationship with each other that carries us through those times when those feelings just are terrible. And he produces fruit if we will trust him and continue to plant seeds in faith. The eighth thing, the best time to plant is now. The best time to plant is now. Dick, when's the best time to plant a tree? Oh, I was really... That's the second best time to plant a tree. The first best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. Right? When you think about, oh man, we should really plant a tree. You need to do it today or tomorrow because if you wait another 10 years, 10 years have gone by and it's... You still don't have a tree? I think that's true of us as we plant seeds as well. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. In other words, if I wait for the perfect moment in time to do this thing or to plant this seed, it will never come. I will always be too busy or I will always be waiting on something else to happen. Maybe I'm waiting for the... We will, we will plant this seed when the kids are out of the house. Well, guess what? When the kids are out of the house, you're not gonna... You're going to find another reason or another excuse to not plant whatever seed it is. Henry Cloud said this, A good plan executed today is better than the perfect plan that we never get around to. Perfection paralyzes potential. Do you want to watch history happen or do you want to make history happen? God did not bring you here. God did not save you to watch history happen. He brought you to where he has you today to make history happen. So are you in? Or are you just going to keep playing it safe and sit in a comfy chair? I don't... Please don't think this is easy for me to say these words out loud either because... I have to say the same thing. Am I in? I don't care. Whatever it is, however hard it is, whatever that is. What kind of life are we reaping today? Now, if, if, if you answer that question, think about that question. What kind of life are you reaping today? If your life is thriving and growing and there's a sense of joy and fulfillment, I say keep pouring on the fertilizer. Keep watering whatever it is that you're watering. And, and, and trust God to continue to make that grow. If you don't like the kind of, of life you are reaping, maybe it's time to change the way or what you're planting. And combined with last week, let's keep dreaming. Let's keep imagining. Let's keep praying. Let's keep planting. Oh, what God can do with the seeds if we will only plant them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. 
Thank you for, for Daryl and, and, and the work that you've done in his life and continue to do in his life. And Father, I pray that we could encourage him and his ministry in the next couple of weeks with books. I pray that, that you would anoint those books as they go into those jails. And the men and women that read them, I pray that they would see the truth of the kingdom of God and surrender their life to you. Father, I pray that... that um, you would help us to uh, trust you for the seeds that we get a sense that you call us to plant. And I pray, Father, that, that as we sit here or as we listen or watch online, I pray, Father, that, that you would give us a vision for the legacy that we could leave in our church, in our children, in our community, in our family. Help us to trust you for the fruit. And Father, I pray that there would be much fruit that's produced from the seeds that are planted by the people that are a part of our church family here. And now, Father, as we close this service, we want to proclaim your goodness. And we want to proclaim your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name. Amen.